0: All right, we out here today, or this evening, I guess it is, we're joined by currently Gabriel, Rachel, and Martin. Martin's our newest cast member here. And uh, before I unmute Martin, I'm hearing when I did unmute you, I was hearing the stream playing back through your microphone. So if you could mute the stream as it's going on YouTube or whatever it is, I'll unmute you and we can all go around and introduce ourselves. This evening, I guess it is, we're joined I'm still hearing myself. Rachel and Martin. Yeah, hold off on that. Just give me a thumbs up whenever you have figured out where the sound's coming from. And right, so this is Vibrant, as you know, but we're doing a special edition extended flow state, mostly because I wanted to just do an open show tonight. And then I thought, why not continue the party longer with the, the Weaving Spiders flow state thing that we do after Vibrant? I've got art I want to work on. I like hearing reading, and um, a lot of my friends are with me already, and maybe some more will join us. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I've been keeping really busy on a side project of doing the July's End Spirit World Book three for Dylan Secotcio, the audiobook. And that project is 99 percent done, just a few last finishing touches, which means I can like move oh, on I'm with here. my life <laughs> and start doing other stuff. I'm pretty stoked. So I'm hoping to do a lot of art. I got my other camera set up so I can show what I'm doing as I work on it. And we've got a lot of books possibly lined up. And yeah, I guess we'll get into it. Let's go around the horn and introduce ourselves, especially Martin, since you're new here. I'd like to definitely hear who you are for the people. I already know you. We've met and we have a cool story of how we met. But yeah, how's everyone doing?
1: Show what I'm doing as I
0: work. I'm still hearing when I unmute you, Mike, or Martin still coming through with a weird echo. So maybe like Martin, leave the call, the call or close all your other browser especially windows, especially Martin. i is- want to keep muting you if you unmute because I don't want to hear my own voice feeding back. <laughs> but yeah, um, what's up, Gabriel? What's up, Rachel?
2: Not too much. It's nice meeting Martin. I hadn't met him before. So good to see you guys. Just doing, doing stuff. Doing a lot of research, doing a lot of reading, um, dealing with the cosmic weather because it's been a little crazy for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. What but, do you what do you mean by that because 'Cause it's been hard.
2: It, <laughs> it's been it a has hard been, couple days. It has been rough. Um a lot of dreams. I'm not the only one. Um I'm in another group that's like a tribe group and a lot of people are experiencing some deep dreams. And I'm like, Well, that would be Jupiter and Pisces. <laughs> heavy, heavy, um, inner work. Uh, there have been some transits going through Capricorn. So I think if you're dragging your feet on projects and, or even walking, like stepping fully into what you want to do, this is the push you have to do it. And whatever shadow work is left for you, whatever's getting in your way, you have to address it. (laughs) <laughs> like you cannot. Wow, that forward. sounds Do familiar. Go. <laughs> yeah. That sounds
0: familiar to my current lived experience. Holy shit!
2: <laughs> it's so. kind of kind of intense. Like I don't get headaches, and yesterday was like super intense. So I was like, okay, today's one of those days where I look at it as if when people talk about retraining your brain and neuroplasticity, it's like those grooves in your brain are pathways. If you change them, it could hurt. <laughs> and, you know.
0: I hadn't the, thought about that before.
2: Yeah. The spiritual community is like ascension six symptoms. And I would laugh at that. And it it kind of cracks me up every time because I was like ascension symptoms. I'm like, that's what that means. You're retraining your brain. It's very literal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so. Gabriel, you don't seem to be. Cont content stipated. That's my word for when you have too much to get out <laughs> and you're not getting it out. Because <laughs> I've seen like I'm like four videos behind on you right now, buddy. You did like three in one day.
3: Yeah, I had to, man. That it was all from that spiders, uh, weaving spiders welcome show we did. a Secret unreleased show or like uh,
2: censored show. I have to see if yeah. I won bingo. I was so close. Oh, we we we
3: hooked you up. You came up. You came up. We all put on the hats. <laughs> yeah, it's I true. saw that. Thank
2: you.
0: Yeah, you yeah. Were all
2: smiling at one point, like oh yeah, looking out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Looks <laughs> like we got Martin uh, without the feedback echo. So that is good. What's up, man?
4: Hey, yeah, I had I had the rock fan channel on. That's why I was
0: doing that. I figured it was something like that. You're not the first, so no problem, no harm, no foul. This is live, baby. Yeah. Right yeah we're live yeah so what's up dude you know how did we meet (laughs) who are you oh down at uh hillberry yeah you made a long journey to meet me at this music festival
4: yeah i came up from iowa here down wherever around yeah great great time it was it was funny yeah i knew you were gonna be there i mean we we kind of had an idea we both of us were going to be there. This is a big festival, right? It's a lot of people there camping out and
0: having a good time. Probably like 4,000 plus, maybe six. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm overestimating. Yeah, but I was,
4: oh, where's Chance? You know, looking all over him. And then I said, forget it. You know, I'm just going to quit looking. And as soon as I did that, there was
0: Chance. <laughs> That's how it goes. Turns out we <laughs> camped like 80 meters from each other. Yeah, yeah.
4: It was awesome. We did that great read, too. That was an awesome read.
0: Yeah, I came up with, like, a new spread in that encounter of 10 cards in the Tetractus formation, and it was wild. It was such a good reading that I ended up making a video just about those 10 cards in that order (laughs) on on the morning live stream. That was a while back. Yeah, I've been so content-stipated with that side project that I haven't even done the Oracle sessions in the mornings at the beginning of the week for the whole of January. I know. I know. It's hurting my metrics. <laughs>
4: <laughs> We're still on the, the, the power of the small, which card was that? The not where the did call we call leave
0: it. off? I don't even know. Yeah. I was going to start fresh. Just I'll, actually the next one I do, which will probably be next Monday or something. I'm going to, give a little tutorial on the coins side of the I Ching, how to cast it with that.
4: Yeah. We, we tossed the coins over at hillbury. That was fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, man. That was really cool to meet you. You had a super sweet staff. I kind of wish I right had the photo of us handy, That's but so I nice. don't. Whoa, yeah. That. This is a genuine artist right here. Like we need to hear wow. more about Martin. He he's, he plays, rug- he plays rugby at his age. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, I well, it's old boys rugby, you know. So we're all all getting up there in age, but nice. It's still, you know, we still. Uh, I messed up my finger last time, but <laughs> it, it's fun. I love it. I've been uh, rugby. I've been playing since uh, 1981.
1: <laughs> That's crazy wow
4: that's awesome yeah yeah well i took a little while off just because it takes its toll on you but now i do fun stuff like this mate this is uh well i don't know if you can see it or not but, yeah uh, oh this is
0: Brythonic here that's my name martine
4: yeah i'm gonna
0: give a spoiler here that thing can hold tuning forks multiple forks
4: they're on there
0: yeah see them? oh yeah they're at the top there you can just can't see it in the camera yeah, it's so crazy cool. Dang, that's
4: glorious. That it's really cool. You got the runes on there, Rachel?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning all of them. That's really neat. You've got all it.
4: That- not that I know very much about them, but oh, yeah. it's it's you fun could. stuff. And then in the background there, that I don't know if you can see that little painting in the middle there, kind of pointing mm-hmm. at it. We mm-hmm. might need a close-up. It's on glass. Well, that that's actually... I made that for Chance.
0: <laughs> for you, Chance. Yeah, we have to meet up for that. I I appreciate it. I can't wait. I need some more well, art to adorn my walls.
4: <clears throat> well, I took my runes down to down to uh Hillbury and Chance picked out uh Elhaz. Let's see if we can get that in there. <laughs>
0: Those selenite towers. You're a man after my own heart. Where were you well, to mentor me I know when you I was like young? selenite.
4: Too. <laughs> you don't. You don't get the fluoride, though. These fluorites down here, the platonic solids. Those are mine. <laughs> 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 but that uh, that's an elk right there. Uh, hmm. Out of this, it's like a, it tiger wood or something like that. I can't remember what it was. I got this wood block of wood a long time ago, but it's on glass and there's a candle behind it. I don't know if you can see the light behind it or not, but it's lit right now. And there's a little, there's a little El Haas down there. I don't know by the sun. So I sun a lot, you know, and this is my interpretation of when I'm sunning. It's a, it's kind of a cool story. I was, uh, I was doing my, my, uh, my qigong practice out, out in this field where I where I live and with the sun setting right and I, I'm sunning at the same time and this all of a sudden I hear this big snort you know <laughs> what the hell so I I turn and there's a big buck like twenty yards away from me right just stomped his foot snorted at me <laughs> hey there buddy. <laughs> So I I just kept doing my thing, you know, and and he walked off. As I I'm getting dressed, you know, cuz I I stripped down to just my shorts whatever. But as I'm getting dressed, the sun just as, as it's tipping the horizon that that big buck runs straight across in front of that sun. So that's kind of a homage to that
0: that buck. Nice, man, that's so cool. The elk makes me think of elk representing stamina in the Native American medicine tradition because you obviously got some stamina,
4: yeah. Well, it's interesting because uh, you know, you picked that out of the bag, I, I made those runes, and you got El Well, that I made, I made those, and that that was the first rune I picked out of there, too, which is, okay. I thought it was kind of.
0: Nice- I don't think I remembered that sink. Yeah. I have it in a nice spot with all my plants guarding the front door. Nice. Yeah, so I kind of I forgot something about what we're doing here tonight. In case anyone's new to what Flow State is about, which we normally do on the Weaving Spiders Welcome channel, but tonight we're doing a double feature. It is for us to read to each other, reflect on what we read, and do art on screen. And It's okay if I'm the only one on screen doing art for now. We probably I'll have some other people join us as we go through. If you all were readers and I was the arter, that'd be fine. But the goal is that you at home, go get a pencil and a pen or a piece of paper or a canvas if you fancy. (laughs) Do something. Do some kind of creative flow while you're listening to this and engage the left brain, right brain, the intake and the output and get into a flow state with us. This is inspired by Jim Maiden and S.B. Aldry, their old show, uh, our excellent picture show where they would do this. And it's super fun. I'm like hooked on it. I want it more than one night a week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: it's okay, yeah. Fun. So you guys, Gabriel, Rachel, got any updates for us before we get into some reading? I know you've put um, out a lot of stuff, Gabriel.
3: Yeah. I just did a series on, <clears throat> uh, a rough history on uh secret societies and I tried to essentially give them some chronological orientation and then do a walkthrough on uh how they interact throughout culture and throughout history. So on you know it's like a little time graph where I have the this the centuries up top and the uh, countries on the X-axis or the Y-axis. And then I just kind of flow forward into modern day. And um, And I did not get everybody. I definitely missed quite a few. And there's so many that I probably will never know even exist. So a lot of things fell through the cracks, but it was, you know, a nice first go at trying to get the, you know, the important highlights of historical, uh, you know, putting the cult in our culture. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that um, is a pretty long series. I think I pri- I broke my 50-minute uh, record, with uh, one of my longest ones ever. I usually, you know, most of my videos are 20 minutes long. So I broke the record. I have officially uh, 50 minutes is now my, longest video, and, um, <laughs> uh, but it was really fun because I'm learning as I go as well, and, um, just to make a, a disclaimer, you know, um, I should assert this to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. I, uh, I definitely made some broad generalizations, you know, uh, I, you know, I associated gnosticism with religion um and that's a generalization you know i'm not being impeccable with with that uh i don't know man
0: i think i could write a book on that
3: (laughs) yeah that's definitely what inspired this we on the on the uh weaving spiders we were disambiguating uh hermeticists from gnostics And so I did a color code with the Gnostics in red and the Hermetics in purple. And I also equated science with the Hermetics, um, which is a generalization. That's not being completely impeccable. There are certain exceptions, you know. um,
1: So, oh, and also um, I equated eugenics originally
3: early on early in history i equated the eugenics to the gnostics uh which is again not perfectly impeccable doesn't apply to every gnostic group um uh but it is a component of of the bible so what i think about is one di- dividing line i think of gnostics as um The people who got kicked out of the Bible with their books, you know, you can kind of think of them as like the extra biblical texts, the sects of extra biblical texts. Um, And the Hermeticists are a little harder to pinpoint, um, but they're definitely like the healers, you know, the alchemists, uh, people who are really into uh, chemistry and reading between the lines. You know, there is a lot of, some people have written on the alchemy of the bible and the fact that there is a uh, uh, biblical hidden alchemical formulas and but you have to know the codex to extract that information um so yeah uh, that was kind of the the ground that i was beginning on and as history goes forward you know those groups they kind of blend together and um science and religion kind of do some interesting things right around that industrial revolution and the civil war and then with the world wars and so those lines like my color code indicates that no longer is there this division and we move into new colors as those agendas amalgamate over time so yeah it was fun i learned a lot and uh, i'll probably have to go back and make some addendums and you know specify be more impeccable with my words so yeah i hope people check me out
0: yeah i linked you in the i linked your youtube channel in the comments here and jonathan wants to know if you take pictures of the dry erase board before you erase it because that's a great work
3: oh yes you know i almost did but you know what i'm gonna do i'll just go back to my video and snap a screenshot of it it's probably what i'll end up doing i almost did take a picture just for posterity's sake but um. Not this time. I can just snatch it out of my archives with a screenshot. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, that was really fun. And, you know, I think next week this stream of thinking might carry forward into the Weaving Spider's welcome. I've got a um, potential guest seat set aside for our brother, Homie Romy, from Rising from the Ashes. Uh, so everybody look forward to that he's uh he's been looking into gnosticism lately and so we'll probably reapproach the subject this coming saturday up all night pack your lunch take a nap <laughs> <laughs>
0: if that's the topic i've got a way in i'm sure yeah yeah
3: and you got tazarian coming in a week okay. no
0: that's not not true oh really I got Clint coming up next, actually.
3: Oh, but is is there a Tessarian in the wings? I thought uh, I heard
0: that. Not yet, but okay. I do plan on getting him back soon, actually.
3: Okay. Nice. Thought, Maybe,
0: yeah. Maybe that was another video where I was talking to Clint and then Tazarian came on after that from that last
3: year. It. Yeah, that's probably it.
0: <laughs> okay, so... What about you, Rachel? Any updates for us before we maybe move into some reads?
2: Not too many. Um, I'm doing a lot of homework on some topics that I hope to share soon. I just want to make sure that I grasp them before I bring them up, and I'm not just regurgitating at you. Um, (laughs) But I am going to be doing a third set of runes with Benjamin Balderson in the next coming weeks. We're going to cover the last bit of runes, and then after that, we'll start moving into some of the stories. So we'll get into that. Um, There's no set dates on some of it yet, but that's in the wings, you might say. Um, Yeah, so just that going on right now. Um, I am going to start doing more um, rune readings on my own channel, just as something to do with the moon. But it'll be at certain moon phases, not all of them, because I won't be doing any for the new moon. New moons are personal. That's for you. That's... your intention setting um, but I will draw some for the quarters and for the full so if that's something that you think might benefit you then feel free to follow
0: and that's your telegram channel right Mm
2: -hmm. that would be telegram on sunforge
0: okay I'm posting that in here too
2: thank you I was going to mention because this came up um I don't know why I was looking this up just one of those things that pops back those little things from the past (laughs) To revisit, Uh, there was this author that I liked a few years ago before I moved to Tucson. And I had a bunch of his books and I really should have kept them, but I was going through some crazy stuff. And his name is John Crowder. And he's very controversial in Christian circles, but he touches on a lot of Gnostic ideas. And his whole thing is the new mystics. So if you're interested in some of his work, feel free to check it out. He is very off the wall. Um, but he does touch on some really interesting things and he intrigued me as far as getting interested in the feminine side of God, which I was looking for and needing at that time, you know, cause most of the time it's just like, yeah, you get some characters in the Bible and that's your representation of female, you know? <laughs> so it was important for me to go through that. And for whatever reason, you know, I think, um, oh, I had a coworker who gave me his book, The Ecstasy of Loving God. And it was, it just kind of like snowballed from there. And that was a really good one. And it was so much about presence. It was a time in my life learning about presence. So I would say if you're getting into Gnosticism, definitely look into it just to have a modern view of how some of those things are coming out. Um, Because I think it's interesting that it even touched Christian circles to begin with. You know, it's less about theology and more about relationship and spirit. So for that aspect, it might be interesting, um, you know, just to look forward <laughs> and current because the history is good and fun, but it's nice to see how things manifest, too. So.
0: I like that. I look at the I'm currently looking at the Demiurge character as the sun. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I saw that. They're all the sun, and the sun is the mother, father, and the sun in one. The Trinity, Trimurti, and it is expressed in all the cultures. My, I think, intention going forward is to see what I can do to demystify this occult stuff and take people out of the realm of needing literal supernaturalism and connect it all back to Sky Clock and show the archons as the stations of the sun as it builds the year. But, you know, that's a bigger conversation. (laughs) I need to get my (laughs) need to get my knowledge organized on that. But I think it's useful to take to to take away the whole like mysticism aspect. I really like how Wilhelm Reich in his book, Ether, God and Devil, talks about the mechanistic and the mystic as being two sides of imbalanced thinking. So the mechanistic believes that they can reduce everything down to particles and functions and and solve every part. And the mystic believes in things that are not in any way mechanistic or observable. And both basically try to dogmatize the world with their side. When, you know, you can't really break things down to the ultimate constituent parts, you keep taking reality to pieces and eventually you find out, you you know, you're looking for the canvas underneath the paint and there's no canvas. So <laughs> either in the mystic side, they can't, there's no like objective truth to that either. So both sides are like imbalanced versions of thinking from imbalanced people, imbalanced energy. And the truth is always like more in the middle there that you, it, you can't solve it from just one or the other.
2: I'm so opposite in my goals, Chance, because I love the mystic (laughs) side of it. And to me, it is that mechanical side that allows for more of that. Well, yes, but that's
0: balanced. That's what I mean by balance is like you want both sides.
2: I want to see more mystical experiences happening and having our relationship go from venerating certain things outside of ourselves and recognizing that all of that is here and that we can be that high and that incredible and that magical and that mystical. That that's actually where I'm at too. I, full,
0: I fully, that's actually a great summary of what my intention is too. Actually, I just want to take people away from the whole like, you know, otherworldly aspect of it. Like your reward is in heaven or your punishment is in hell.
2: Heaven is in <laughs> Exactly. I do think, I do think that there are multiple layers of it. So when people talk about an actual heaven, like totally plausible. There are higher realms. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that this is not heaven. That doesn't mean that it's not here. That's just silly.
3: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I love this term that Ross Ben uses. Ross Ben, he says, uh, he was talking, to, I think, to Michael Wan. And he was basically saying, I'm glad you made me think of that. But the way he said it was, I love that you put that in my heavens. Mm. And that is such a righteous way to talk. I I'm totally that. gonna, I'm trying gonna work that into my vernacular. That is just beautiful.
2: I'd have to like write that down as a quote. <laughs> That's really good.
1: I love it. Ross Ben has some good isms. Yep. I always learn when I listen to that guy.
0: So, uh, who wants to read first? We're pretty deep in. We better get into some works. <laughs> All right, we got is Rachel up.
2: Is there something you guys wanted to read in particular? Did you want to start with this? Or I think you? dealer's
0: choice is good, but I'm pretty interested in the mythology. <laughs> <On> the, <laughs> what is it you had?
2: On the gene keys.
0: Oh, you had gene keys and you have German new medicine and you have?
2: I have the Havamal and Hava the Mall. Book of Five Rings. I'm, I'm inclined
3: to the Havamal. I know we got all night, though. Me too. I'm kind we of. got a, a long night. I'm,
2: okay. Okay. I'm we'll voting Havamal.
4: German new medicine.
2: Okay. We can do. Uh, we can do both. Because nice. the Havamal is short. We can do. We'll just bibliomancy it and see what happens. Right.
0: <laughs> Sounds good.
2: All right. Pick a number between ninety and ninety-three. <laughs> 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 I can try to read it in Old Norse. It might sound terrible.
3: For the the sake of Snake Jones, I got to go with 91. I would be remiss if I didn't say 91.
2: Oh, this is a good one. Ready? I'll speak plainly now, since I know both men and women. Men lie to women. We speak most eloquently when we tell the biggest lies and seduce even wise women with lies. So, for the sake of context, I'm going to read 90. This is the love of deceitful women. Oh, that requires a lot more context, but that's okay. It's like driving an unshod horse, a playful, young, poorly tamed foal across slippery ice, or like sailing a ship in a wild wind, or limping after a reindeer after the mountains thaw. So, deceit in the Hava Mall, has to do with ice. And there's a whole list in here of things you can't trust. And that trust comes, I think at one point he calls women a wheel, which is apparently what my grandpa used to say to my grandma. <laughs> he would call her a wheel. Um, <laughs> in that, it's unpredictable. If you're on ice, you don't know if you're going to fall. You don't know if you're going to be still. So when it talks about the love of a deceitful woman, being like an unshod horse, you're not on firm ground. It's going to be shaky. You you just don't know. She might not even know what she's doing (laughs) because she's the chaotic factor. It's dating chaos, which if you don't really know, then you don't know the truth all the time. Right. How do you communicate if you don't always know? You're going to perceive things as lies. There's this woman, um, what is her name? Anna, I'll find the link and I'll post it in InnerVerse because I had a friend on mine's posting her stuff and she talks about lies. It's really funny that this came up.
1: Um, lies are a
2: way to describe what Christianity calls, calling things that are not as though they were. It is the act of magic. So a man who lies is a man who speaks about things that are not as though they are in an effort to create them. Because when you think about it, you say, oh, the sun, it's green today. You've decided the sun is green today. It is. It is, as you say. Now, you can look at it and say, the sun is clearly not green. And you would think, think, I'm being lied to. But he said it's green, so it is green today. (laughs) So
1: it's an interesting way to look at it. But, yeah.
2: So that's that's some fun things about the (laughs) Havamal. A man should speak eloquently and offer gifts to a woman whose love he wants. Praise the body of a beautiful woman. It's the enamored man who will win her. No man should mock another (laughs) for falling in love. A woman's beauty often strikes harder on a wise man than a fool. it kind of goes on.:
0: <laughs> Oh man, this is some good stuff.
2: Right?): oh.
0: <laughs> I guess that maybe that means I'm wise. I'm good.
5: There you I'm, go. I know
0: that. I'll be easier on myself.
2: <laughs> no man should mock another for falling in love. Love is strong enough to make a fool out of a man who was once wise. Only you know what dwells in your heart. When you are alone, but nothing is worse for a wise person than to have nothing to love. And then Odin goes into some tale about wooing a woman
1: that he shouldn't have wooed.
6: (laughs) I'm so annoyed I missed the beginning of this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You missed a lot. (laughs) the words of odin
0: yeah but you popped in right in for the reading so that's good
2: yeah
0: what's up kaylee kaylee in the house
6: hey i might be muted for a while um uh there's a toddler being put to bed so i'm just gonna i'm gonna be on mute for a bit so
0: yeah (laughs) cool you gonna be are you gonna art with me
6: hell yeah buddy i just grabbed my canvas
0: Yes. Oh, it's already evolved so much.
6: Amazing. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Which way is the camera? Shit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I'm just getting set up. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's up, Martin?
4: Hi, Kaylee. Good to see you.
6: Good to be seen. <laughs> what day is it today? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Dude's.
0: laughs> yeah. We funny. had some uh, chat before you came on at the beginning about the difficult space weather um,
6: <laughs> boy oh boy i'm loving i'm loving mars and capricorn though i'm getting so much shit done and organized seriously like seriously it's noticeable
0: i'm um, having conflict in that zone
2: <laughs> <laughs> i believe it <laughs> um kaylee and i were ranting before this about astrology <laughs> A lot of bones to pick about that, but that's for another day, <laughs> so
6: it's just so swampy, it's so hard to it know is. like what what is real and true, and then like what works and then what doesn't work, and then like you get lost in the weeds sometimes, especially when it comes to like asteroids and shit like that. but <sighs> I know it just yeah. gets to be so much, yeah. like- and like. I want to try everything, but, like, (laughs) you can't learn anything deeply if you stay on the surface level of, like, Mm -hmm. all of the different flavors. But I want to try all of the flavors, so (laughs) Mm. (laughs) got to pick, like, one or two. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can, like, come across different opinions and stuff that make you question everything. (laughs) That's not fun. (laughs) But at the same time it is, it's like, yeah, like I'm going to have to reread that six times and then question everything and then go back to the beginning and then rinse and repeat. So anyway, I'm going to get my paints
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, if you guys want, I can do the German New Medicine. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to do um, the first chapter short, so I'm going to read the introduction too, just because I think it's good background for anyone who's new to it. So this is by Catherine Willow, and it's an introduction
1: to the whole thing. Experiences in practice. So here's the intro overview.
2: Thank you for taking t- time to investigate German New Medicine, g and a set of proposed discoveries about disease and healing. I hope they will benefit you and your family. Furthermore, my hope is that influential readers will be inspired to initiate and support the research necessary to begin integrating GNM into our medical system. I'm convinced that these discoveries are important contributions to medicine and can change how we understand and treat disease. GNM may be a pivotal insight which leads us to success with cancer, heart disease, diabetes, mental illness, and many other conditions. The core premises of Germany medicine were discovered in the late 1970s by Dr. Reich Gerd Hammer, a medical doctor in Germany. Dr. Hammer continued to unravel their mysteries amidst the controversy that tends to surround groundbreaking discoveries until his death, January 2017. After encountering GNM in 2001, I've been using it in my practice of naturopathic medicine since 2003 the startling results i have seen with my patients compel me to share my experiences this book is a summary of the new laws described by dr hammer together with patient stories that demonstrate how they work whoa she words this really weird from my what i have seen (laughs) these new principles have the potential to improve our understanding of medicine, both mainstream and alternative. I observed that applying them correctly can increase the survival rate and quality of life for people with many diseases, both physical and mental, with less treatment than I ever thought possible. Unlike energy medicine and its parent quantum physics, GNM is based on our primordial past, still imprinted on our brain and displayed by our embryology, no matter how civilized we like to think we are. By showing us how this past still influences us, GNM gives us revelations about how we understand ourselves as human beings. Please be patient as you read this book. GNM is a wholly new paradigm, flying in the face of what we thought we knew about disease and cure. It takes time to digest and understand. Many outspoken critics of GNM have skimmed its parts and condemned it without comprehending it entirely. When thoroughly understood and correctly applied, it offers variable results as I have experienced firsthand, which makes sense because we're all built physiologically unique. Voices from all corners of medicine make similar claims of cures using various substances and techniques. I've investigated several in hopes of helping my patients. Some of them are useful, while others mainly support commercial interests. GNM is different from anything I have seen in the healthcare field. It is not a product or a technique, nor does it limit the type of medicine used in treatment to either mainstream or alternative practices. GNM offers a set of principles for all of medicine, a new understanding of how and why we become ill and how we heal, which can be applied by any practitioner for better results with their patients. GNM was originally termed new medicine by Dr. Hammer and then copyrighted by him as German New Medicine to differentiate his findings from other versions of the term New Medicine. Dr. Hammer and German New Medicine attracted considerable commentary and reaction, which may be briefly summarized, however. This book will focus mainly on clinical efficacy. Much more background information is available on Isadora Laker's website www.newmedicine.ca for those who are interested. My background. As a fourth generation neuropathic doctor by way of my German heritage, I was easily able to understand and apply these discoveries because naturopathic medicine is based on healing laws, which are similar to those of GMN. I recognized Hammer's work as an extension of what I already utilized and observed in my practice. The seven years of education required to become a naturopathic doctor in Canada provided medical training in the anatomy, physiology, embryology, and pathology that are the basis of GNM. Speaking German allows me to read Dr. Hammer's writings in their original language, giving me access to those which are not yet translated in English. Despite this, I remain a general practitioner of naturopathic medicine I do not consider myself an expert in GNM. I depend on regular advice from my mentor, Isidora Laker, one of the top full-time consultants and teachers of GNM, who maintained a close relationship with Dr. Hammer until his death. Origins of German New Medicine To fully appreciate German New Medicine, I would like to take you back to the series of events which led to its discovery and further introduce you to Dr. Hammer. The story starts with the birth of Reich Geerdhammer in Frisia, Germany in 1935. We skip forward to his early graduation from medical school at the University of Tübingen at age 26 after completing a master's degree in theology by the age of 22. He met and married a medical practitioner with whom he ran a private practice and together they had four children. Already in his 20s, Hammer demonstrated a creative mind by patenting tools to improve surgical techniques, such as a scalpel that cuts 20 times sharper than a razor blade, the Hammer scalpel, and a new saw for plastic surgery. The funds from these patents allowed Hammer and his family to move to Italy, where he offered free medical treatment in the slums of Rome. I think it is significant that Hammer applied his intelligence in practical ways demonstrating that he was not only a theorist, but also able to manifest his ideas in daily life. Similarly, he insisted on using solid common sense to help people resolve their conflicts. He was a medical visionary with his feet on the ground. All progressed normally in work and family until the traumatic summer of 1978. Hammer's youngest son, Jerk, was accidentally shot and died from complications a few months later. Shortly after, Hammer was diagnosed with a testicular tumor, which was successfully treated with surgery, although he came close to dying. Making a connection between the trauma of losing his son and the subsequent disease became the turning point in Hammer's medical practice. Although it is terrible and unfortunate that Dirk was killed, many people may have been able to live out their natural lives because of the observations Hammer made after his son's death. The first deduction Hammer made was that the trauma of losing Dirk was related to the onset of his testicular cancer. We already know from numerous studies that traumatic events increase the likelihood of a cancer diagnosis within a few years. Hammer's brilliant mind took him a step further. Knowing that the body is controlled by the brain, He wondered how the shock of an event perceived by the brain was communicated to an organ. Working with cancer patients as head internist at the University of Munich at the time, Hammer decided to investigate their histories, as well as their brain CAT scans, to see if there were any clues about how shocks cause cancer. The answers to this intelligent and innocent question went far beyond his expectations. When he compared patients with the same type of cancer, he noticed a lesion in the identical spot in their scans. These lesions were in concentric circles, sometimes with sharply demarcated lines. In medicine, this type of pattern is called a target lesion, for obvious reasons. These lesions had been noticed by radiologists for years and disregarded as reflections made by the CAT scan machine because the rings looked too perfect to be organic. Hammer took his finding to Siemens, manufacturer of CAT scan machines, mentioned that he thought these lesions were biological. Siemens in turn investigated by taking scans in finer layers where these lesions showed up. The lesions turned out to be three-dimensional, coming through in the same location in each layer. Siemens wrote a letter validating Hammer's discovery which became the basis for his first biological law, the Iron Rule of Cancer. At the time, Hammer thought these lesions applied only to cancer, not immediately realizing they would become essential to the understanding of disease in general. Following this confirmation, Hammer's relentless searching mind unrolled layer after layer of patterns of disease and healing based on his meticulous study of patients. His astute, open-minded observation enabled him to define five new biological laws and hundreds of medical insights, laying out a novel way of understanding disease and how we become well. He compiled these interrelated laws under the name New Medicine and presented them to the University of Tubingen. I hope I'm reading that right, (laughs) for verification in 1981. The following premises, which will be examined more closely later, constitute the basis of Hammer's work. One, diseases begin with a biological shock, which creates a specific lesion in the brain and an accompanying response in the body in a primal attempt to assist the individual with the shock. Two, all diseases have two phases, if there is a resolution to the shock the active phase, and the healing phase. Healing phases have been misdiagnosed as separate diseases, including inflammations and many cancers, and run their course when properly assisted. Three, the type of shock and the subsequent location of the brain lesion determine the cell activity of the related organ or tissue, whether it grows or ulcerates. 4. Organisms such as yeast, microbacterial, bacteria, bacteria, and possibly viruses are involved in the healing process. 5. Diseases are significant biological programs of nature, comprehensible in the context of our evolution. Much to Hammer's surprise and dismay, not only did the university refuse to examine his thesis, they refused to renew his contract at the clinic unless he signed a statement that denied his findings. In a German recording of these proceedings, a medical doctor remarked, I know Hammer's material is correct, but we can't let it in, as it will destroy medicine as we know it. Here we encounter a wall of politics and resistance, the same type of resistance to many of our brilliant minds in the past, Galileo, Semmelweis, Newton, and Einstein. It is part of human nature to resist change and attempt to preserve the status quo. In this case, it is understandable when one considers that German new medicine challenges basic premise of both mainstream and alternative practitioners. To be fair, most physicians rally against Hammer not from political reasons, but out of dedication to their patients, with fears that his system would be a threat. They truly believe that patients will not recover or even die if not following their standard of medical treatments. I think this is the case of needing to look deeper. GNM is not a quick fix for whatever ails us, with several exceptions, nor is it a quick study. German New Medicine requires intensive learning, deep reflection, and detailed observation to be used effectively. It took a year to reassure myself that these new understandings that Hammer calls laws are real and not wishful thinking on my part. I realized that this new way of understanding disease could only be safely implemented if it was totally true, despite my intuitive acceptance on the first reading. I have become cautious and conservative when it comes to applying anything new to my patients. However, since I practice based on biological laws, which are the foundation of naturopathic medicine, Hammer's findings were recognizable as extensions to what I already knew and applied in practice. They fit together and made sense. I understand how it would be harder for a medical doctor to approach German new medicine with open eyes, given that medical training teaches different principles and theories. However, from what I have seen in my practice, this is exactly what is necessary. Even now, the University of Tübingen has not undertaken a verification of Hammer's scientifically documented findings, despite court orders in 1986 and 1994 to do so. Parallel to this resistance, several groups of physicians, including a group at the University of Trnava in Slovakia, have undertaken their own studies which confirmed Hammer's assertions. The results have resulted in urgent pleas for more investigation to integrate the German New Medicine into medical education and practice so that it can benefit patients as soon as possible. Hammer himself has been said to have gathered tens of thousands of cases which demonstrate the workings of his discoveries. In scientific, medical, religious, and political history, there are numerous examples of persecution of people who challenge existing reality Incarceration, pressure to recant, removal from their professional and even or from their profession and even death, formerly or informally. In the case of Hammer, he was arrested and imprisoned twice, once in Germany in 1997 for providing free medical advice to three people after his license was taken away and then again in France for practicing medical medicine differently from how it's taught. in the fall of 2004. For me, this arrest was especially disappointing since it occurred just before booking a plane ticket to Spain to study with him firsthand. While in jail for the second time, Hammer continued to work and write and was nominated for the Nobel Prize for Medicine. Several appeals to the French government had little influence. Not surprising, in a country where medical students must sign a waiver, not to practice German New Medicine in order to graduate. What was surprising, though, was that Hammer was released from prison without a trial after serving only part of his sentence. Again, it is not for me to pursue the truth of what happened in this situation. I leave that for others. In 2007, Hammer was pressured to flee his home in Spain and went to Norway where he continued to demonstrate how GNM can save lives and add new order to medicine. The rest of this book will summarize this potential new order, explaining to best of, to the best of my ability how the five laws of GNM that Hammer defined and documented manifest themselves in practice and clarify issues in medicine that have baffled us until now. Be warned that you will meet some vitriolic criticism of Hammer, in German New Medicine, if you continue to research the subject. Although I do not agree with some of Hammer's personal philosophies, I continue to use GNM. I have seen his principles work consistently with an intelligence that simplifies medicine in a way that great discoveries often do in their fields. German New Medicine can be used improperly if misunderstood, leading to tragic situations, and people concluding that the principles themselves are wrong. I liken this to the discovery that the Earth is round. This theoretically allows ships to sail across oceans in confidence that they will not fall off the edge, but there is no guarantee that storms or icebergs won't bring about their demise. Patients not doing well using GNM does not mean the principles themselves are not real. It will take time to learn how to apply them expertly. There's only a couple more of the introduction. Also, there is much more to deter- that determines whether a patient recovers from their disease, including their nutritional status, external toxins, their will to live, and their ability to respond to treatment. The fact that the primary detriment of health is one's financial status is another story entirely. GNM gives us a potential roadmap for diagnosis and treatment that puts these other factors in a new perspective, as well as gives us explanations when treatment fails. Consider the situation of Dr. Semmelweis in Germany, who found that he stopped losing mothers and their babies in childbirth when he began to wash his hands after preceding operations. It took 30 years for medicine to implement that simple practice. Human nature is slow to embrace new paradigms, probably because it serves our sense of stability. Our current cancer statistics have not changed radically in decades, despite the application of billions of dollars towards research for a cure. After seeing the preliminary results of using GNM in my practice, I suspect that we have been looking in the wrong direction. Doctors using GNM in Europe claim to have a cure rate far above the norm, and from my experience, I assume this will only improve as we learn to apply GNM. The primary reason for writing this book is not to encourage blank acceptance of Hammer's material, but to inspire the research that is needed to investigate GNM in our medical system. I've seen too many patients who are ideal candidates for healing begin using GNM with great hope, only to lose their faith under pressure from well-meaning family, friends, and health professionals. For most people, only reassurance from mainstream medical authorities will be enough to support them to follow treatment using GNN. I believe that many North Americans are open and ready for this information. As Hammer stated, it would take all of three days to verify the German new medicine. Finally, one of the most satisfying aspects about these discoveries is that they are not a product or technique that can be used to exploit people financially. They are a new understanding that can be assimilated by any educated individual. Acceptance of German New Medicine will probably be driven by open-minded lay people who use it successfully and then encourage governments, disease associations, and medical practitioners to integrate them into our culture through study and verification, just as Eva Kay did for me. I'd like to end this chapter and foreshadow the material to come with an incident on a train. I was sitting beside a university student, and we started to chat. After exchanging backgrounds, the young woman asked me, You're a naturopathic doctor. What do you make of the following story? On Friday evening, my stomach was a little upset, probably due to something I ate. But I woke up on Saturday feeling quite well. At noon, without any warning, I had a violent fit of vomiting, which abruptly ceased, and I was totally fine Saturday evening without any recurrence. since. What was that? After some reflection, I answered, I think that the stomach upset on Friday evening had nothing to do with it. However, I suspect that on Saturday morning, you experienced the resolution of a territorial anger which is a situation where you feel threatened in your territory. For instance, someone is bullying you at home or work, and you respond with anger. From what I have learned about emotions in the body, it is quite possible that such a situation was solved that morning. Her answer was what I have come to expect when pointing out an emotional connection to a physical symptom. Unawareness, a blank no, at which point we both went back to reading our books. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see her frequently staring off into space as if in thought. Suddenly, she pulled out her phone and started to scroll furiously. There was a pregnant pause, a phenomenon I have noticed repeatedly just as a connection is made. Yes, that's exactly what happened at 10.30 that morning. How did you know? It was another opening to share German New Medicine, as I am about to share it with you. So that's the introduction. The first law is only eight pages if you guys are down for that. Hell yes,
6: Germany Medicine Charmini- <laughs> is fascinating. And you should continue reading it to
2: educate people because it's actually super interesting. Sweet. All right. So in chapter one, the first biological law and the phenomenon, phenomenon. <laughs> of handedness. Let's move away from the politics and persecution into the core of German New Medicine, beginning with Hammer's first biological law. He named it the Iron Rule of Cancer from his observations of patients with that disease and only later realized it applies to other diseases as well. The first law states that a biological shock will result in a lesion in the brain and a stimulant, stimulant tissue response in the body. We already know about the body mind connection. Excuse me, which well documented and accepted, which is well documented and accepted by modern science. Hammer's first law proves this connection even further by showing how circular patterns in the brain can be seen on brain cat scans after a traumatic event. These patterns or lesions can last for decades if the shock has not been treated, healed, or resolved, although they do tend to fade in time. As mentioned in the introduction, these patterns are concentric circles, as when a pebble is tossed into water, and are called target rings in medicine. Hammer discovered the relationship of these rings to shocks through long and through research. Thorough research of cancer patients, brain CAT scans, sorry, correlating their history of traumatic events and most importantly, determining how they respond to them. To understand the first law completely, we need to look at what kind of shock hammer means. He uses the term biological shock, differentiating it from chronic psychological or physical stress. He called it a Dirkhammer syndrome or DHS in remembrance of his son. There are several qualities which determine a DHS. Unexpectedness, suddenness, and isolation. In working with German New Medicine for any condition, it is extremely valuable to identify what and when the person experienced a DHS, or shock, that set the condition in motion. Remembering and processing our traumas makes us less vulnerable to being shocked again and re-experiencing the related physical symptoms. The aspect of unexpectedness is reflected when people remark, I felt like the rug was pulled out from under me after an event. They lose their footing. Their mind is disturbed. They are thrown into a shocked state. The suddenness of an event makes it more acute. When something difficult occurs, which is both unexpected and sudden, we have no time to prepare. We are caught off guard. Instead of being able to think clearly, our old survival mechanisms kick in. Our nervous system goes into a state of stress or sympathicotonia. Sympathicotonia? Predominance of the sympathetic nervous system, the same system responsible for our fight or flight reactions. When an event triggers us into such a state of shock, it can overwhelm our normal human tendency to reach out for help. Talking to others can help dissipate the shock out of our system. If instead we isolate ourselves after a trauma, we allow it to fester and deepen its grip in our body. If it is too large for us to manage, overcome, rationalize, or digest, we can stay in this shocked or stress phase for months, years, or even decades in a dumbed-down state. In this upset state, people have distinct general symptoms. The urgent part of our nervous system, called the sympathetic nervous system, creates the following signs and symptoms. Cold extremities, inability to eat or sleep well, a tendency to high blood pressure, and an isolating preoccupation with the traumatic event. The length and depth of this stressed state is directly proportional to the size of the shock and our inability or unwillingness to deal with it. Ask a friend for help and put it into perspective. The size of the corresponding target ring in the brain also varies becoming quite large if the shock is substantial. On the body level, there will be an immediate response to a shock. However, Hammer carries that we have taken for granted to a new level. What we have taken to granted. We know that the body responds to stress. Hammer shows us that the body responds to a particular stress or shock with a specific organ or tissue. By exploring the function of these organs and tissues through the path of evolution, he discerned that these responses were designed to help us with the shock. We are neurologically programmed through millions of years of evolution to respond to acute challenges in ways which better ensure our survival, or the survival of the species. This correlation of shocks and body parts goes beyond the affirmations and symbols which have been theorized to relate specific organs with specific issues. Hammer has documented thousands of cases which show the survival programs he has discovered are automatic and consistent. They are a solid physiological mechanism which holds true not only for humans, but animals, and possibly plants, as they can show the same ringed patterns. To deepen the case, our DNA is 90% or more identical with the DNA of the animal kingdom. When we are embryos in the womb, we recreate our evolution from being a one-celled creature through the fish stage, even developing and losing gills, right up to becoming human. As humans, we still have ancient survival strategies, which are thoroughly predictable and not surprising once we learn to identify them in our everyday lives. We have overlooked them in the process of separating ourselves from our primordial roots. A poignant example of the first biological law is as follows. A mother is walking with her small child when the child suddenly breaks away from her grasp and runs into the road. In the mother's worst nightmare come true, a car hits her child who is knocked unconscious The mother goes into a shocked state, repeating over and over, Oh no, oh no, I can't believe it! Even while people stop to help, the ambulance arrives, and the child is taken to the hospital. Simultaneously with the experience of the trauma, there will be a brain lesion in the area Hammer tells us relates to concern for survival of a loved one. And right away, milk glands will start to grow in one breast. Why? Because in primitive times, maybe when we lived in simple tribes, the mother's response to a sick child or other member of the tribe was to provide nourishment for it. Gradually, as we developed agriculture, the ability to milk cows, create medicines, and have doctors in hospitals, the original adaptation was not necessary anymore. It wasn't efficient. However, we still have the old stimulus response mechanism, which triggers us to grow breast cells, When we have a survival concern for a child or other close person. Instead of breast milk, however, we have an accumulation of cells, which we will perceive as a lump if the shock persists more than three months. We call this glandular breast cancer, or, oh man, (laughs) adenocarcinoma. (laughs) This old and outdated program is like the flight or fight response. As most of us know, the fight or flight response is a primitive program, which helped us deal with life-threatening situations in which we were forced to run, hide, or fight for our lives or the lives of our families and tribes. In modern civilization, very few of us meet with raw survival challenges. We are more likely to encounter exams, job interviews, and first dates. When this primitive stress mechanism kicks in, it is more inclined to paralyze us or make us look like fools than be of any use, just as the breast cells don't make the milk but still produce a clump of cells which frighten us because we don't understand their primitive purpose. It is interesting to me that Hammer has discovered this law just as there is a growing urgency to move into a new paradigm for the survival of the species. Out of our violent competitive mode, into peaceful collaboration. As we become aware of what has driven and still drives us over the past millions of years, we can move, We can more consciously learn to use our mind to find solutions to situations rather than reacting with our primitive instincts and making ourselves and others sick. With this knowledge, we can better understand and learn how to make peace with our animalistic parts so they lose their irrational hold of, over us. To reiterate, a target shaped brain lesion results when there is a significant biological survival shock or one that is interpreted as threatening to our survival. These lesions were dubbed Hammerchen Hammer's Lesions, or HHS. In Germany, by Hammer's advisories to mock him, what is occurring is ulceration or cell loss. The tissue where this happens is the connective tissue in the brain called glia, G L I A. It packs and protects the nerves in the brain, which are called neurons. As mentioned, the size of the lesion relates to the size of the shock for the person. This is determined by the interpretation and vulnerability of an individual to a particular shock. In other words, it is not the type of event, but how strongly a person reacts to it, and in what manner that determines the size and location of the brain lesion. For instance, the sudden desertion of a spouse may bring up fear of financial destitution in one person, separation and grief in another, and anger in a third, all of which would manifest rings in a different part of the brain, and then a different part of the body, if the reaction is strong enough. We are often shocked, for instance, by the daily news, without generating brain lesions. It is only when it is deep, close, and personal that a shock has a potentially long-term effect on us. Predisposition to be shocked by an event is an interesting topic, because we know that one type of shock will not make everyone react with a disease, or as Hammer calls them, a special biological program, SBP intended to rescue us. This is because of four major factors and numerous subtle ones. The four obvious factors which predispose us to being susceptible to traumatic situations are genetic constitution, the environment of one's family of origin, occurrence of traumatic events earlier in life, and one's physical health, which has a large part to play in emotional resilience. I will discuss them further in the chapter on integrating German medicine excuse me, into current medicinal <laughs> medical practices and daily life. As a confirmation of Hammer's first law, there was a study which fits the example of the mother with the hurt child. It revealed that mothers of children with cancer have a 40% higher incidence of breast cancer than the average female population whose children are healthy. It must be noted that GNM does not apply to conditions which are caused by external factors such as toxins, nutritional deficiencies, accidents, or environmental extremes. An essential part of German New Medicine is analyzing whether a symptom fits within its parameters or is related to other causes. Handedness Another discovery of Hammer's, which I usually include with his first law, is the issue of handedness. Hammer found that our body responds with a particular side to the type of relationship involved in a shock, if there was another person involved. For instance, if the concern for survival by a woman is for her child or for her mother, the cell growth will be in her non-dominant breast following such a shock. In other words, if she is right handed, the cell growth will be in her left breast, and vice versa if she is left handed. If the survival concern is for anyone else, it will manifest on the dominant side. Hammer calls this dominant pattern a partner conflict or shock because it is usually related to the person we are closest to, our intimate partner. However, it can also be the father, our first partner siblings business associates friends or anyone close to us other than our mother or children this is only if the organ or tissue has distinct sides or is paired such as breasts limbs and skin to summarize mother child shock non-dominant side opposed to your opposite to your handedness partner shock dominant side whatever your handedness is. Hammer developed several tests to determine people's true handedness. Two that I use are the clap test, which side someone would carry a baby. We tend to clap with our dominant hand, one on top, and carry a baby in our non-dominant hand. The reason for the need for tests is that left-handed people will sometimes convert to being right-handed to mimic those around them or from coercion. I have often seen this principle in practice. A clear example was a right-handed middle-aged widow who suddenly found a palm-sized patch of eczema only on the right side of her torso, never having had skin problems in her life. Skin responds to the conflict of separation. It turns out that this was where her late husband used to hold her when they were walking. Once this was realized, the eczema resolved in a short order without any treatment. That woman was me. How to deal fully with conditions in practice will be discussed farther on, as we need to understand the other laws in order to use g eff- effectively. However, one can immediately see that even the first law, Hammer, has given us profound insight about the nature of disease and a cure. And that's why I like Gene keys.
0: <laughs> There's a lot there. There
2: is a lot there.
0: To reflect on. Yeah. I'll go first. Also, welcome Girth Brooks.
2: Hey. Hi Girth Brooks. <laughs>
5: <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. Very nice.
6: Also quick quick question. How does that how does that tie back to Gene Keys? before before chance's
2: insights go? Ooh, epigenetics
0: okay gotcha Mine, I just have maybe two comments we'll see how concise I can make them but <laughs> first this is my only criticism maybe other than like the uh, the earth shaped dig although I don't think that was meant to be a dig and Galileo who I don't necessarily yeah. believe is real but <laughs> that aside <laughs> uh, the thing I didn't like was the energy medicine is the the parent of energy medicine is quantum physics Mm. or quantum mechanics.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know about that. I feel like that's just, you throw the word quantum on something to make it sound legit, (laughs) but nobody really knows what the (laughs) fuck they're saying. But okay. So I really like the idea of, I don't know if I like it because I wonder if my brain's got them, but the lesions, (laughs) Mm. (laughs) the rings, what I found interesting about that is on the fractal level, you know, the brain could be like like other parts of the body a fractal microcosm of the macrocosm that is the body itself in an energetic sense perhaps and our biofield our aura is concentric rings in a way you know it's these overlapping toroidal fields so i i think it's kind of cool there could be You know, obviously, whenever someone's doing energy healing or sound healing or that type of thing, they they don't go and scan the individual's brain to see if the emotional trauma from whenever it's also showing up in the brain somewhere. Mm. I mean, it's kind of rare to have a procedure to have your brain looked at. So the data set, even though there's a lot of brain scans going on, the data set is small and the people looking at it in this way is even smaller. So kind of interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Since
0: what was the name of the book, real quick, so people can look it up if they want it.
2: I'm gonna put it in the chat. Um, oh, it's it's sweet! German New Medicine: Experiences in Practice.
1: It's kind of a long title, but
0: but nice. uh, the the whole the whole premise does fit with how I see things operating, uh, emotional in stuff affecting physical body stuff, mm-hmm. like. That half of half of what makes it seem like I I have psychic abilities when I'm doing sound healing is that I'm noticing where the problem is in the field, what it corresponds to in the body and what emotional experiences correspond to that. And then I'll be like, "Okay, so is is this what's going on? (laughs) And they'll be like, yes, you know, because they do all connect. It's all one thing. So if German new medicine is looking at things holistically not just in the body and in using natural compounds to heal but also emotional state informing physical injury well that's that's like everything i mean you can't even stub your toe without being able to connect it to some sort of you know glitch in your your energy body once you start having self awareness and it was funny how she was talking to someone on an airplane and the lady was like, no, there's no connection to this and that. And then f- figures out the evidence that that's there. I think that's how most people are walking around, like dis- disjointed, um, hmm. compartmentalized. That This doesn't correspond to that. But really, everything is everything. So yeah, pretty, man. pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. a nice way to tie in. It's such a good um, way for Western medicine to catch up with Eastern medicine because Chinese medicine mentions all four of these bodies, the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. So when you treat things that way, it treats all of those things. You know, that's why I like doing intentional teas. Maybe I put a crystal in my water and put it out for the moon or something, but I use a specific crystal and then I use a tea that corresponds. So I'm hitting spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical all at the same time. It sounds woo, but <laughs> it's that's a way to, that I use it, you know. So that's often what I'll tell other people: I'm like, yeah, make a make a tea, like do something crazy like that, because you want to hit all four of those bodies when you do healing, especially when you're doing inner work, because your body is storing these memories. That's diseases popping up that way.
0: I like what Tesserion says that the body is the shadow. Not that the body is evil, but that all like any legitimate shadow work has to take into account the body because that's where the shadow is stored whenever there's some sort of an issue or the the larger energy field, too. But that's kind of like another layer of the body.
2: Yeah, 100 percent.
0: Thanks for all that reading. I got to also <laughs> say thank you.
2: You're welcome. I have more. <laughs> we can continue. <laughs>
0: Just need to like another turn. We just need to pick a a night of the week, and it's just Rachel reads to us night. I bet (laughs) people in the chat will be like, Yes, that, yes.
2: Right. I'll just start reading to people. That'll be my my thing.
0: (laughs) So we got Sean in the house and Snake Jones. What's up, my brothers? What are you working on there? I think uh, Snake is working on his ninja pose. (laughs) he's in all black oh and yeah we're not hearing you if you're talking there uh Aaron but it's okay we can just look at you is that his real name? I thought it was Snake his real name's Aaron (laughs) what?
2: (laughs) that's his Christian name
0: (laughs) (laughs) what are you twisting up there Sean?
7: it's just Fimo Clay I have, I have a habit already developed of messing with K clay during these things. So let's see, where's my camera? There's a weird twisty thingy. Nice. There's a green and yellow face. There's a little tiny gray face.
0: On a bottle with a dollar in it.
7: Yeah, this is a guitar slide. It's a manufactured with the artist Derek Trucks name on it. The, Probably most famous rock and roll slide guitar player of all time is Dwayne Allman, who died when he was young. Dwayne Allman used to use uh, a Renescedon bottle as a slide, which was kind of like a bottle of aspirin. And it looks exactly like this. And so Derek Trucks manufactured the replica of a Renescedon bottle with his name on it. Derek Trucks is probably the greatest known slide player right now, like the most popular and most exceptionally talented. him and his wife uh, have a band, Tedeschi, Susan Tedeschi, famous blues musicians. But yeah, I stuck the dollar in there um, with the the pyramid is hidden by the swirl. So you can't get any more Illuminati pedophile than that, right? <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> Goal achieved.
7: Yeah, I've had a totally fucked up weird day and uh, I wasn't even really feeling like doing anything. And I thought, you know what? I can just turn it on and come sit in here. It's all good. Nice. Hey,
0: man, we talked about the harsh space weather today. I'll be like, if you guys want full disclosure, I probably seem super sunny and bright and awesome. But, you know, I've been stressed about uh, all the things that I put on myself to do. And you know, even like even up to an hour before this, I was like, man, do I even want to Could just call it off? But this is right. like, now that I'm here, this is like. Of course, this is what I want to do, hanging out with my best buds.
7: No, we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. I mean, we all have that feeling, all of us that are us, but I'm a hella ADD. So like I say yes to everything. I've been practicing for years saying yes less, but I still, I I, I guess I need to say no to myself more. There's a a 2.0 skill. You know, it's easy to say no to people that want you to help like move their house or watch their dog or give you money or give them money or something, you know, but. But can you say no to yourself when you have a brand new idea for something and say, no, you can't do that. You're already doing other things. Like, I haven't mastered that by any means yet. And uh, I think my older, my elder dog, I took all three of my dogs to to a new, nice kind of halfway between homeopathic and normal vet. And she was really cool and awesome. So that was a good experience. And um, I thought it was going to be too much of a challenge to take all three at once. But they encouraged me that it would work out. And it did. And then, of course, today, the day after the vet, my eldest senior dog, who's a 16-year-old pug, who's, you know, it's the reason we got a puppy is because he's kind of in his twilight and he's not losing his mind or anything, but uh, he's getting a little bit, um, you know, getting a little bit of the uncertainness, getting a little bit blind. And today he had something like a mild stroke or a seizure, like his one leg was sticking way out and he was looking up in the air, like he could see something that wasn't there. And so I just kind of hugged him to me and let my, Mm -hmm. and uh, of course this happens right at like 10 minutes before my wife's about to arrive to a pretty serious doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, like what the hell, man? But he seems okay. You know, I just kind of laid with him and rested with him. Uh, He kind of snapped out of it. And so I killed the lights and laid on the bed with him and, Played my little racing video games with all the pugs piled around me, and seems okay, but it's just fucking scary,
0: man. Well, we love you and the pugs, man. Sending all the love and good intentions for their divine and perfect health, and yours, and your wife. Yeah, thank you.
7: Yeah, yeah, we need it over here. Well, I mean, in the you know the big the, the Rachel's reading was making me think like how fucking annoying and stressed out have I been for how long about these contractors and their bullshit. Like my wife has pretty much put a boundary between me and them, and told them, "Look, like you guys don't even come around or talk to Sean anymore because I'm ready yeah. to, uh, I'm ready to kill him." I mean, they just don't understand the danger that they're in. Like they're so disrespectful and stupid, but it's like in like a thoughtless, like they're just oblivious. They're just stupid robots. They've been so disrespectful for so many months that there's really no redeeming it in my eyes. And then they give uh, give us a bill because we're finally close to the end of the job, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Like, I haven't even looked at the itemized list because I know I'm just going to, like, open it as a reply or whatever, open it in such a way that I can type in all caps in red and respond to each item, and
0: you know. Well, I know that when stressed, it's hard to want to do the practices that help us. But because I like I'm definitely in that boat. If I'm stressed, I'll like skip meditation and prayers and stuff like that. Burning sage you know, the, the, the good rituals. And mm-hmm. it's funny because like staying in flow, you really got to keep whatever it is that helps you flow going. But then once you're there and you feel good, it's an easy temptation to like let something slide and let more slide. And then, you know, you're on, then you're back on this sine wave roller coaster. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, my time. point. have
7: been doing that with diet. I, I've, today's the first day I've done a, a single day juice fast and it feels really good, but like I've been, you know, eating a lot
0: of bread. Here's my invisible green juice right here. You can't see it. Wait, I'll put it on <laughs> another camera. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Celery, cucumber, spinach, romaine, kale, lime, parsley. Good stuff. But, Anyway, my point in saying that is just that my this isn't to blame you for your dog's experience, but I've been noticing and trying to pay more attention, kind of like with German New Medicine, paying attention to emotional state of affecting health, how my emotional state or my energy balance makes my dog act. And it's so easy to ignore what pet is doing, especially when you're like in the grips of Mm -hmm. flying around or whatever, but. I'm I'm noticing that pretty strongly too. So what you did with your dog, just like calm and cuddle and <laughs> turn off the lights, that's like to me, healing energy, healing German nude pet medicine.
7: <laughs> I mean, that's I was I was doing that very conscientiously. Like, bro, if you're gonna get sick and stay sick, then I'm gonna hold you and love you right now. And, and instead, you know, because I mean, we, that's the reason we got a puppy because we know this guy. He's 16 years old. You know, pugs don't exactly live forever. So
3: like, I got to I got to mention that Chance was just talking about letting things slide. And S.B. Alger is working on a slide. Yeah. <laughs> just got to point that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat>
5: you know,
3: in uh, the thing about German new medicine, that's really interesting that that's on the table today. Uh, I think it was yesterday I found some. Uh. uh Book on uh, old Roman uh, readers of the auguries and how they were you know incredibly superstitious and the the entry in particular that I was uh, looking at was about if you if you trip that you should cancel your endeavors and take yeah. the take this as an indication that uh
7: the things coming forward will be uh will be difficult. And, yeah, I've used that example lots of times, like mm-hmm. I tell people like if I stumble in the morning, it's like, all right, oh well, cool, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> that's it.
2: I don't like, know. Maybe
7: what, I'll do laundry, maybe that's safe.
2: I don't know what else I was reading, but I think it was saying just that, like how you know we look at all these. Oh, it was in a... a the philosophy book that I've been working my way through slowly um, that some of these superstitions have real grounds. You know, I think we look at people from at the past, like they were so stupid for having all these silly sayings and old wives tales, but it's like, maybe they were onto something energetically that we just were not about, you know? So it sounds goofy and ridiculous now. And we, you know, it's been, it's been minimized. Like, really? You said that, you know, this kind of degradation of our wisdom, but you know, it's like, I wonder how much of that stuff is for real. And
7: (laughs) Well, that always, I always remind myself that like, like, well, I don't know, Gabe just started a group questioning the uh, chronology and the history of things. And they've given us these upbringings and schoolings that we know are false, but that doesn't give us the true insight into how, how they affect us. I'm like, so I've always thrown out the idea of caveman and all the, you know, I mean, way before I ever got into studying chronology, I was already throwing that shit out. But what you just said, really, I mean, if we, if we believe the concept of antiquitec and prior civilization, not just being, as advanced but by what we can see it looks to be far more advanced and very different sometimes even up to and including not needing to eat at all you know not having use of a bathroom facility so then all of the stuff that they were doing and knowing and all of these things that we call silly wives' tales and and uh superstition and nonsense a lot of it's probably just spot on and they've just steered us away from what's going to help us you know like when you said that you uh do intentional practice for all varieties of your bodies really spoke to me like because i kind of do that but i don't do it that thoughtfully but i do those kind of practices where you know the things go together it doesn't have to be just only drink some juice you know it might also involve crystals or meditations or books or like yesterday um I took off my shoes at the cemetery when I took the dog for a walk and it was cold and I just walked from one bench to another, which is probably only about 150 or 200 yards away and did some Wim Hof breathing on the way, you know, but that wasn't just because I'm testing my physical body. I really did that for a spiritual practice because I wanted to be grounded and I know my shit ain't right. I just don't feel right for days and weeks on end. I'm just on this kind of half ass roller coaster and I'm used to it because I've lived through a lot of traumatic bullshit. So that's another fear of mine is to like fall into a static pattern of like, okay, well, I'm just accepting that shit's not going to be 100% okay and call that all good. But I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but continue you know to progress. I was thinking the other day um,
3: about this whole concept of our advanced civilizations. Maybe they're not advanced. Maybe we're using the wrong term. Maybe they're yeah. in just tune with just the subtle different. energies. Yeah. Because this is a world of feeling. It's a world of feeling. We feel in our body, we feel in our spirit, we feel in our soul. But why are we, why are we, we, we immediately remove ourselves from our ancestors when we call
7: them advanced? No, I agree. I agree, bro. Because yeah. they've they've that's back to my, my original point is that they've sold us a bill of goods, right. so that, and, and we've used it. Good. We've been put in it for twelve years or more, you know, and and other external influences other than the, just school. And the one of the main things we've been sold is the lie of progress. Huh. Like we're getting somewhere, right? We started as cavemen and we're going to become spacemen, and it's a complete lie. It's bullshit. It's just bullshit. It's not yeah. true. I have We're familiar. just men in the in the earth realm. Men and, uh, men and women in the earth realm, you know. There's no progress. Everything's the same as it ever was.
0: Welcome, alienmarcus.com.
6: Same as it ever was. <laughs> same
5: same as, as it ever, ever
0: was. was. This is not my way. <laughs> I've been thinking I, though I, about I, the advanced ancestors. This. About advanced <laughs> ancestors. What if we had a different world that allowed for that like i've been really playing with the idea of the growing earth and the earth having a central channel or a spine a column a world tree mount mount olympus whatever and we had this whole conversation i think it was on the last flow state about a hydrogenated electrified environment closer to the center of energy in the realm where things could grow larger. Maybe eating wasn't necessary. Maybe there's just more bioavailable energy everywhere. And then maybe like maybe we could cut ourselves some slack for being where we're at right now because it's literally where we're at in the world that makes things in the balance that they're in. And it's a learning experience we signed up for in some way or it's part of our growth.
3: Yeah, that's like the most important part is that whole idea of, you know, I chose to be here that's like the most empowering thing you could really come to realize.
7: You yeah, know, that's a big deal. It's the, to yep. me, that's the, the, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough for uh, introducing sun dog moon cat and jazz to the whole equation. Cause as silly as it seems, I've been using that. I sent jazz a piece of art. I made a ACDC logo that just says SDMC with the lightning bolt in the middle. And, uh, Because it's so true. Like, okay, so everything that's contrasting, whatever's actually going on, is something that we, you know, we allegedly signed up for, before we came here, knowing the consequences and the outcomes that were potentiated there. And I believe that, you know, I used to say that jokingly before I was really more awake. Like, don't you remember choosing your parents in heaven and choosing your life? You know, I used to tease people that way when they were having a hard time, but now it's like, well, I was actually speaking truth without realizing it. Like we really did decide to invest ourselves in this thing. Cause I don't, I don't believe that it's one shot and it's over. I think reincarnation is a real thing, man. We came here for some reason, you know?
2: I want to add to that. Cause I had this conversation with a friend a few, I guess a week ago, if that's the case, if we chose to be here and all of this stuff, then don't you think that the universe also knows that and that when we're going through a hard time, we can trust that, Hey, our skills, the thing that we're stressed about money, all that stuff, all that's taken care of that we would Mm -hmm. come down with all of that in mind, knowing I'm going to have this skill. I'm going to have this going for me. I'm going to have this going for me. And it's all perfect for this time. Like feeling anachronistic is kind of, doing yourself a disservice. You know, people are like, oh, I don't belong in this time. And I connect better with this time. You connect with that time for a reason, sure. But everything you are now is absolutely a good fit for now. You just have to figure out how that is. That's the fun part about it. (laughs) That's the whole point of the game.
0: When my parents took me to church when I was a kid, and uh, they wanted you to like, pray about what you're grateful for. I would always say thank God that I was born in the age of video games because I couldn't imagine
5: <laughs> just like, <laughs>
0: sitting, like sitting around and doing nothing like whatever people did back then. Oh, I dude, didn't have any concept goodness. of that. Like if you were a child in the previous eras, you were an employee of your family <laughs> immediately doing work.
3: Oh, dude, we played out in the woods. <laughs> we were out till the lights came on and street lights. See, Not Now our cut, I would love day. a life
0: like that when I was a kid. Oh, you're yeah, still a kid. That's great. Don't forget, please. You're still hey, a kid. Sean, yeah, inner child chance <laughs> is still alive in there.
7: Oh no, I'm talking about you're literally just a kid, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not, I'm year. Not that I'm not that much older than you, but I still see you as like you. know, you could you could fuck real
0: big and still be fine. Just to take, <laughs> you know? I think oh, I'm older now. than Kaylee. I don't think I'm the youngest in the on the screen. Usually, I am.
6: You're two years older than me. Yep.
0: Word. Life
3: starts at 30.
6: It does. Honestly, I'm so stoked to be 30. I'm not going to lie. My 20s were a shit show. 30s is like, new leaf, new life? Yes, please. We should have
0: Martin weighing in on this. I mean, he's our wise elder here. Oh, man.
1: Tell, tell us how it is. My life
3: goal. It's good.
4: It's good. Wait till <laughs> you get here. You'll, you'll
1: love it. I love
3: that. Wait till you get it. here.
4: It's good to be alive.
0: I'm Both. fascinated by the room you're in. Oh, yeah, you missed the tour earlier, Sean. He yeah, I don't know what you're
7: working on. I'll just watch it again at the beginning
0: if Martin oh. gives a tour. Well oh, yeah, you you can show us what you're working on, though. Kaylee said
4: she was interested in my magnet experiments with hematite. Yes! Ooh, right.
6: Magnets! Uh, How do they I work, asked, yes. I asked, yes. asked if he had a channel, and he's like, nope. So I was like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Let's sweet I am a Luddite. <laughs> so let's see if I can get it on here. How do I get his screen? There we go. So got these hematite ovals. You see those? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've I've just started doing this basically just because I don't know why. I'm just having fun, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah, I'm going counterclockwise with one <laughs> clock clockwise with the other. And then I'll yeah, sometimes they come together like that. So here's here's the so I've got counterclockwise on the top left and clockwise and then clockwise and counterclockwise and then on the bottom there I've got go in the same direction, counterclockwise, counterclockwise, and then clockwise, clockwise. So it's just a fun experiment. I don't know. I'm having a good time.
3: That's cool. you like, like keeping track like an I Ching? Yeah, that's what I was thinking.
0: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, it could be yeah, your own divination like system. Build your own.
4: Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's yeah that's kind of that'd a... be fun. It works. Well, that's I've been- cool. I've been reading this book, uh Creation of the Hebrew Alphabet. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> just wet his pants. He's like, Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: the first physical evidence of a highly advanced civil previous civilization. But he's got some really cool experiments in here, and I I don't know, it just got my mind going. Who's, you know? just, who's the author? Uh Douglas Voigt, V O G T. Okay. Cool. That's
1: real cool. What do you yeah. call a gay Jew? What's that? that? What do you call a gay
3: Jew?
0: A what? he blue?
6: He blue. Oh,
5: oh,
0: I guess that. I guess that. I have not heard Gonna that. Going to get
6: us kicked off the YouTubes. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> Telling jokes.
0: Hey, hey I mean, us for that,
7: started, it was worth it to get kicked off because that was funny. That when I first funny. started
0: Vibrant, I had a goal to get a dad joke on every episode, and I kind of let it go. So thank you for bringing it back.
7: Nice. Oh, I got uh, a. <laughs> I got laugh out loud jokes for kids. What do you give a horse with a bad cold? <laughs> a Cough stirrup.
1: Laffy taffy jokes. <laughs> Who falls asleep at a bullfight?
7: A bulldozer. Oh man!
1: Never saw that
3: coming. Oh, here's,
7: one, here's one for Gabriel, uh, relevant to today. What's a snake's favorite subject in school? <gasps> history right it's yes. world history
4: <laughs> i got one i got one yeah, why, go do, ahead. why do mice have such small balls
5: <laughs>
4: why is that not not many of them know how to dance
1: <laughs>
4: i like that because it makes me imagine a big
7: mice ball with all their little clothes and their frills and the people that are kind of wallflowery mice and they're waiting to see if anyone has them to dance. And then there's the mouse band that's there playing to, you know, and if if they make mistakes, somebody maybe stumbles on the, the floor where it's less than perfectly finished. Damn, Thank you, you was what was
0: in my mind. I liked it. I was seeing that too. They have very frilly, like Victorian era Yeah,
6: yeah, exactly. I was thinking move. of like a like full like a masquerade ball, style. You know?
0: Like what do they call kind of it? Oh, the thing that goes around your neck and is just like these weird.
3: Oh yeah, uh, it's ruffle. a huge roughly. Oh. It's just ruffly. a collar.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah roughly
3: collar.
1: Roughly collars.
2: Do you guys remember that story about the mice and the tailor?
7: Uh, I don't think so. You do you
2: remember that? It was some. I almost want to say it was Beatrice Potter. Like, don't quote me on that. But that's what it was about. This tailor was freaking out because he had to make this coat for the mayor, but he couldn't. He didn't have the materials. And he was getting really sick stressing out over it. So the mice who have been taking his scraps and making their own fancy clothes did the work for him. And it turned out incredibly beautiful. And he didn't lose his job or anything. He didn't die. <laughs> but nice. that was, it was really sweet. It's kind of a sweet story. But It
7: makes me think of how much I loved Beverly Cleary when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I remember being in in like fifth or sixth grade and uh, they would always have like we lived in Sacramento. So it was pretty cool. I remember they they would have really good authors come to the assemblies, like, you know, reasonably well-known children's authors. And we used to always beg for Beverly Cleary. And one time the uh, librarian broke the news to us and uh, we were shattered. She's like, well, Beverly Cleary doesn't really like children. And And supposedly that's true. And so we were, our minds were absolutely blown. Like we couldn't fathom this woman that could write these stories that were so perfect for us that like I got in trouble staying up late at night with a flashlight underneath my sheets, reading Beverly Cleary's books. And uh, the librarian told us she didn't like kids.
0: <laughs> That's a moon like cat it. librarian if <laughs> I've ever
3: that, heard
0: of it. That. That nice. Oh, you're but having it, fun it, with not that? Let me tell is, you why it's not
3: so good early.
7: I looked it up later in life, you know. I remember like that fucking librarian said she didn't like kids. I bet she was lying, and I went and looked it up. It's like sure as shit, Beverly Cleary was uncomfortable around children. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> hell? Is storytelling a technology? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Nice. Yeah, definitely.
7: I mean, look, at, look at how science yeah. fiction's affected the world. That's the only reason we have satellites is because that fucking weirdo, liar, pedophile, fucking, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Alleged satellites. Alleged. That's, yeah, that's right. True. Well, now we have the idea. I, I mean, I think they're personally, from the research I've done. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't think of his name now, the man that wrote 2001 Space yeah. obviously that's arthur c Clarke. Clark. yeah arthur c, c. Clarke. And, and uh if you've never heard the idea of him being a pedophile before i'm sorry to break the news to you but the evidence of him being absolutely inappropriate with young boys in sri lanka is published all over the internet it's and creepy it's disgusting and horrible it's true it's, it's so creepy and I, just they,
0: uh, I can rearrange the windows and decide like the dungeon master what everyone's alignment is for them his, oh, that's
5: cool. There's three.
0: Well, <laughs> since you
7: figured that out, don't ever put me in the middle. I hate it when I'm in the middle. This three parts. the
3: Sunstorm. Sun <laughs> if you guys, that's his last series of books. He talks about uh, wrapping the Earth in a, in a AI sim- symbiont technology thing to protect the Earth from a solar flare. And then uh, a time quake happens. It's weird where the whole earth is like split with all these it, it, there's there's a lot there it came out in the 2000s no one talks about it this is the guy who gave us 2001 and 2010 you know but he 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 shows in the book as well uh, just all the technologies that are laying on us mhm they're you know, this kind of this kind of brings me back to a little note i made uh after what Rachel just got done reading so bit of a hanging chad. We were talking about, she was talking about the left hand being the maternal and how Mary is always depicted holding the baby in her left hand. And that made me think of how, according to the standard cosmology, um, both Mars and the moon are protective shields. The shield goes on the left arm. Oh, wow. Shield and moon. you got it, and when you think about it just from the think from the perspective of the ancients, they would think of the moon as a shield because it appears to be riddled by strike marks yeah. and in in their mind, they would think every one of those little holes or or craters as they're told to us, every one of those is an indication of the mother the sacrificing mother protecting earth and the same thing goes for mars uh because if based on the standard cosmology mars is one orbit out from us meaning that anything coming in from the dark cha- chaotic nice. ab- abyss is being blocked by mars
5: hmm.
3: and i think that's beautiful because it you know goes to that mari it's marred it's marred with all the marks from all the times it's guarded us and protected us and taken the the strikes so that would be the cool spear right point the spear
6: point that pokes out past
7: the shield yeah. that's interesting like a spartan yeah yeah and plus it's mars which is the planet of war and fighting and action too so you know mm-hmm. i was looking at the um flower you. of life today yesterday every day i'm i'm looking
3: at it, me and Ellis or, or anyway uh it has 19 circles in the in the flower of life. Oh, snap. And then my wife had painted that picture back for me in like 2014. And I was looking at that today. And she has the lunar phase of the moon, which is another 18.6, 19, 19 lunar year. And I'm like, what's going on here? You're talking about shields. And I did have the thing that, that that looks like a shield to me. Nice.
7: So I don't know what's going on there. I'm just... Yeah, that's a weed right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I hope you told her how much we all loved the stag picture. I did. I'm trying to get her on the Telegram um, art party.
3: She's just not into the, she does Pinterest. I don't know what it is with you chicks and Pinterest,
6: man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't generalize. I'm not on that shit. <laughs>
7: not, oh, I, want, yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> I just cleaned out everything, so oh man <laughs> I don't use it very often but I've definitely got a Pinterest because somehow Pinterest figured out a way to monopolize a lot of the uh, search image results mm. yes yeah. and that is awful it well, is really awful. isn't because then if you go there it's like this total uh, mysterious riddle of how to save a picture off of Pinterest if you don't <laughs> want to screen capture it you know, that's you not fun to, to me <laughs> I don't oh, they know they do it on purpose, you know. They, you know they do that on purpose. Yeah, it's you the need dead internet. I have no problem. With oh, it. the
3: internet is dead, dude. It is. It's, it's gone, guys. Why only thing keeping it alive is you guys. we That's why I call it a living stream, not a live stream. It's a living stream. Nice. If you don't go into it that way. It's going to suck you dry. That's what I they
1: are. a joke. Just
3: draining us all. Yeah. Sorry. So, so I learned a new word today. Uh on with on crow triple seven with a show with dylan secocio
0: i want to make a really brief comment about that one of the things he said that i really liked yeah he got into you know languages going from left to right and right to left and speaking of mars which is symbolized by the ram rama or ram backwards is mar mar mm-hmm. yeah man is that a uh,
3: planet mars right aries yeah space Damn. jews i'm telling so you space jews
1: <laughs> Spaceballs.
3: My, I, my dad took me to see that when i was like seven it was my first movie i remember i wanted to see oh it. wow first thing you ever saw was space wow well, that i recall saying i asked to go
7: my dad's like you want to see Spaceballs?" i thought that was fine nice no, I named the. I have a subreddit, or I have a, a channel on my uh, RX Only Picture Show Discord specifically for Jewish stuff because, I mean, you know, if you're going to study conspiracies, no. people are going to talk about Jews. That's just the way it is. And so I named it Druidia. And that, yeah. that, oh, nice. That kind of tamped it down, you know. I, I love, I love Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is one of my favorites. His son, that's
3: real. Matt, nice, nice freaking hat, Jim. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you can't take the cake. <laughs>
7: Thank you. Holy cow. Is this the
6: cute Shaman? Can I get an autograph?
7: <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that Chance's hand? Can I
2: get a blessing?
3: <laughs> With the beard, it looks like one whole... <laughs> oh, man, that
5: is beautiful.
7: You just need a little braid. You're working your territory and it's at post-apocalypse and you've got like 30 acres you've been living on and you have a stream on the other side of the stream. One day you look over there and there's this guy standing there with a huge <laughs> metal spear and you're thinking, shit, I should probably offer him something to show that I'm peaceful.
5: <laughs> hey,
0: I have a quick question for Jim and then we'll let Gabriel roll. And then I think we should do a read. I want to just keep the keep the party going here instead of moving over to the Weaving Spiders channel? Make your life yes. easier? Yes.
3: I'm having trouble hearing you. I've got audio problems. I need to reboot, I think.
0: Okay. Ready. Well, I'm going to take that as a yes.
7: <laughs> yes. Th- the yes <laughs> is probably
0: Thanks. Keep the living stream living. Yes. No,
7: I mean, we, we tried that on Picture Show before Tracy came around. We would, like, have an intermission and like break the show up into three parts and the audience absolutely hated it. Like, like we didn't even have a very big audience, but they're like, Oh my God, you keep kicking us out. You know, like, so if you tell everybody here to move somewhere else, the chances are they're going to be like, no, right. Going to bed. Yeah.
3: So the, the word I learned today was a word for a cemetery. And when you said you went to the cemetery, it took your shoes off that reminded me of it. So I looked up, this term, God's Acre. It's called a God's Acre. And the We Keep Idea page says, God's Acre is a churchyard, specifically the burial ground. The word comes from the German Gottesacker, an ancient designation for a burial ground. The use of acre is related to, but not, derived from the unit of measurement and can be
1: of any size. And then I read down a little further. Oh, well. Uh, yes, the term is widely used among com-
3: communicants of the Moravian Church, M-O-R-A-V-I-N. And you better believe my mind goes straight to Merovingians.
1: Yeah, of course.
3: In reference to the Moravian graveyards. And so uh, I, I suggest everybody give this a look, see sometime when you got time, read into it. There's some very interesting history laid out in this little Wikipedia page, but I found halfway down there's a reference to Blackville, South Carolina. And I find this little snippet very interesting. God's acre also refers to a small patch of land whose legal owner is God
1: Almighty. In quotes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. The, The land
3: includes a natural spring. Whose water local tradition holds as uh, that it has healing powers, located near Blackville, South Carolina. The land was owned by L. P. Lute uh, Boylston, L. P. Lute Boylston, until 1944, when he died. In his will, Boylston gave the land to God Almighty to ensure that the water from its spring would always be free for anyone to drink. The yeah. coor- the coordinates are 33.392160 North and eighty one point two seven three two six six seven six West. The springs are listed as part of the South Carolina National Heritage Corridor. There is also a nearby
7: historical marker. But I found that just very intriguing. Nice, yeah. I heard the same thing from uh, one of these. Uh, well, you know what the normies call uh, sovereign citizen stuff, but what I call strawman stuff. Right? That mm-hmm. um, Elvis Presley successfully did that with his estate. That he put he put everything in trust to God. Whoa! And so, and the the man who I'd heard it from recommended that you do that. Like, don't will anything to anyone. Write your living will in such a way with your own hand. What he said is to write it in the back of your own Bible. And and, um, to will everything that you ever had, ever will have and have now that you trust it all in will to God almighty. And then that way it becomes untouchable.
3: Wow. That is splendid. I love that you put it in the back of the Bible.
0: That's brilliant. If we all did that, would we eventually no longer have uh, government (laughs) is that the way Yes,
7: we would absolutely because if you will everything back to god then then it it removes the game it takes it evaporates the two-dimensional world absolutely wait a minute what's the definition of government gubernary
3: mente mind control you can never get rid of mind control we're talking about self-governance as if i can't govern my own self along with my own creator who set forth just, just work with the zodiac. We're born under these stars. We have a story laid out for us in a myriad of different ways that can play out. Mm-hmm. I don't need the interloping asshole to come and tell
1: me. <laughs> I'm self governing. <laughs>
3: no, okay, yeah. I'm in control of my own mind, which is only one small part of my whole being.
7: Yeah, Snake, I thought of you because I, I found, I don't know why, but I thought of you because I found LeVette again today. She hasn't been posting on uh, YouTube anymore, but I found her over on Variety yeah. on, huh. and uh, I listened to it, and it was just, it's still just the same old LeVette, you know, She I don't know how much you've listened to her, but she's a trippy old astrologer, alchemist, kind of. Yes, yeah, she is. Forgot and, about her. <laughs> she wasn't doing very well at the same last time. It's been like a year. She mm-hmm. sounds okay right now. She She sounds pretty feisty. Good
1: you know but <laughs> i mean is is are we all a serpent bearer really yeah Ophiuchus?
3: i just i'm realizing it's like i kept thinking i'm the serpent bearer i'm the serpent bearer and i'm like no you humble yourself and it's like we all are we all get to play through the zodiac and being a 13th that's raw mad on it but back to the governance thing everybody's we got to be careful with that word it's not a bad thing it's a good thing it's that acquiescing
1: of our, you know. Yeah. I like to say the family is God. That's my approach to a higher power where I can take it back. And I'm not, I'm not under the spell of
3: anyone in the Bible or anything or whoever reads it to me or, or whatever. I can keep it grounded. Family is God. And what I mean by that is what it says in Genesis, that we were created in his image. Well, his image to me would be the the family structure.
7: Yeah. You know, we're and all. If, uh, if you get away from the way that they screwed up the Abrahamic side of it so that the Astaroth is still there. So Ashira is still the feminine part. Then it is a family unit. They just uh, God got a divorce on the Abrahamic side and it got ugly. They like tried to write her out of the I'm will going. and snip all of her pictures out of the uh, photo albums. And all of a sudden you got this weird uh-huh. homoerotic Godhead
0: and it just fucked uh-huh. the whole world up, you know. Well
2: said. Snake. Jim said
0: he's got to go buy a battery for his headphones. That His battery fell out somewhere. So Godspeed, Jim. That miss Jim. I yearn
7: for personal contact with Jim Maiden because that is such a Jim thing. Merc- something happens where oh, yeah. Jim has to leave for, like, seems like a nonsense reason. Like, what? But, I mean, he has to do it. And, you know, you know, what are you going to do, tell him not to? You know? Where's Jim's apprentice? Someone seems like the only thing missing in his life. Well, that was me, brother. I know. He moved. So
0: if he gets a new one, I'm going to have to go over there and kill him. So just <laughs> that <laughs> That's
2: why he doesn't no. have one.
0: <laughs> who wants to read next? I'm feeling some reading. Kaylee. Kaylee's read She's ready.
7: I've got a treatise oh, on the uh, second uh, side that someone sent me that I've never read.
0: I could read some of it if you want. I think we'll go Kaylee, Martin, then Sean, because that was the order of who danced on the window fastest. Okay.
6: Who got the most excited the quickest?
0: Yes. Yeah.
6: Mercury and I'm Aries. Fuck yeah.
5: <laughs> Same. Uh, yes.
6: <laughs> okay, so I've got some Carl Young for you guys. Just some light reading. Just, oh, yeah. Some, some light
1: stuff. Um, hail, hail.
6: <laughs> so this is from Man and His Symbols. And as you can see, my copy is. It needs some love, I guess. <laughs> uh, Okay. Alright, so this is titled Mm. Approaching the Unconscious Carl C. Young Start out getting this nice Nice little Nice little picture here So everybody can see Okay Uh, Underneath the picture it says Three of the four evangelists uh, And it names the cathedral that it is in uh, Appear as animals The lion is Mark, the ox Luke, the eagle John The Importance of Dreams. Man uses the spoken or written word to express the meaning of what he wants to convey. His language is full of symbols, but he also often employs signs or images that are not strictly descriptive. Some are mere abbreviations or strings of initials such as UN, UNICEF, UNESCO. Others are familiar trademarks, the names of patent medicines, badges, or insignia. Although these are meaningless in themselves, they have acquired a recognizable meaning through common usage or deliberate intent. Such things are not symbols. They are signs, and they do no more than denote the objects to which they are attached. What we call a symbol is a term, a name, or even a picture that may be familiar in daily life yet that possesses specific connotations in addition to its conventional and obvious meaning and implies something vague, unknown, or hidden from us. Many Cretan monuments, Cretan monuments, I'm not sure, for instance, are marked with the design of the double ads, A-D-Z-E, eggs. I don't know. This is an object that we know, but We do not know its symbolic implications. For another example, take the case of the Indian who, after a visit to England, told his friends at home that the English worship animals because he found eagles, lions, and oxen in old churches. He was not aware, nor are many Christians, that these animals are symbols of the evangelists that are derived from the vision of Ezekiel, and that this in turn has an analogy to the Egyptian sun God Horus and his four sons. And astrology! But that's besides the point. There are moreover such objects at the wheel and the cross that are known all over the world, yet that have a symbolic significance under certain conditions. Precisely what they symbolize is still a matter for controversial speculation. Thus, a word or an image is symbolic when it implies something more than its obvious and immediate meaning. It has a wider unconscious aspect that is never precisely defined or fully explained. Nor can one hope to define or explain it. As the mind explores the symbol, it has led to ideas that lie beyond the grasp of reason. The wheel may lead our thoughts towards the concept of a divine sun, but at this point, reason must admit its incompetence. Man is unable to define a divine being. When, with all our intellectual limitations, we call something divine, we've merely given it a name, which may be based on a creed, but never on factual evidence. Because there are innumerable things beyond the range of human understanding, we constantly use symbolic terms to represent concepts that we cannot define or fully comprehend. This is one reason why all religious all religions employ symbolic language or images. But this conscious use of symbols is only one aspect of a psychological fact of great importance. Man also produces symbols unconsciously and spontaneously in the form of dreams. It is not easy to grasp this point, but the point must, must be grasped if we are to know more about the ways in which the human mind works. Man, as we realize if we reflect for a moment, never perceives anything fully or comprehends anything completely. He can see, hear, touch, and taste, but how far he sees, how well he hears, what his touch tells him, and what he tastes depend upon the number and quality of the senses. These limit his perception of the world around him. By using scientific instruments, he can partly compensate for the deficiencies of his senses. For example, he can extend the range of his vision by binoculars or of his hearing by electrical amplification. But the most elaborate apparatus cannot do more than bring distant or small objects within range of his eyes or make faint sounds more audible. No matter what instruments he uses, at some point he reaches the edge of certainty beyond which conscious knowledge cannot pass. There are, moreover, unconscious aspects of our perception of reality. The first is the fact that even when our senses react to real phenomena, sights, and sounds, they are somehow translated from the realm of reality into that of the mind. Within the mind they become psychic events whose ultimate nature is unknowable, for the psyche cannot know its own psych <laughs> psychical substance. Thus, every experience contains an indefinite number of unknown factors, not to speak of the fact that every concrete object is always unknown in certain respects because we cannot know the ultimate nature of matter itself. Then there are certain events of which we have not consciously taken note. They have remained, so to speak, below the threshold of consciousness. They have happened, but they have been absorbed subliminally without our conscious knowledge. We can become aware of such happenings only in a moment of intuition or by a process of profound thought that leads to a later realization that they must have happened. although we may have... Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys hear the dog? Sorry, anyway. <clears throat> And though we may have originally ignored their emotional and vital importance, it later wells up for the unconscious as a sort of afterthought. (laughs)
1: Hold on one second.
0: It wasn't too loud, Kaylee. Sounds like the dog is maybe going Mm -hmm. at you. That dog has got a great voice.
6: She's like, whoa. I'm like, what? You don't want to read Carl Young, Kaylee? Come on. Come on. Okay. Fuck, where was I? Okay. <laughs> it may appear, for instance, in the form of a dream. As a general rule, the unconscious aspect of any event is re- is revealed to us in dreams, where it appears not as a
1: rational thought but as a symbolic image. Oh my God! Okay, she wants to side One <laughs> sec. We'll take a
0: quick break from the Carl Young. We need a close up of dogs though, whenever they come on screen. That could be a bingo thing. Is is Flow State eligible for bingo?
4: Oh a very good question. If someone wants to answer that by creating a bingo card, winning the game and declaring themselves winner of Flow State Bingo, then that could prove it. Exists.
0: And, and Sean will send you a clay cat butthole.
4: Is it like a whistle? You just kinda whoosh, make a sound?
7: It's absolutely true. I have some things that look both like clay bat but, clay bat buttholes. No, clay cat buttholes. And <laughs> to me, they also look like peyote buttons. And um, Alan, I really appreciate your idea to integrate a whistle. I could probably buy some tin- tiny uh, either clay or metal whistle that you could just put into the cat butthole so that it well, would whistle. So that's you, you easily know, a prize you know You that why?
4: go. You know why it has to be a, a cat butthole whistle because cat buttholes are clean as a whistle.
7: That's right. Have you ever been to your friend's house and sitting there stoned on the couch when their cat comes and lays next to you and starts to perform their maintenance? You know with certainty that it's clean.
0: Um, I want to know, has anyone um, does Carl Young Young make of what we just talked about, Kaylee?
5: Come These on, man, we're not even done the first chapter.
0: Your psyche, the, the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks like
3: Martin okay. might have just held up a cat butthole whistle. What
1: was that, Martin? That, well, that's definitely a whistle. You're muted, my friend.
7: Thanks. I fixed Martin, it. you look so much like my friend over here that uh, that I do <laughs> yoga with, who's a yoga instructor. It just totally trips me out.
4: <laughs> no, my daughter made this when she was young, really young. Is it a, is it a cat? No, it's uh Okay. It's a butterfly on a, uh I don't know. <laughs> a whistle. But, yeah. but, butterfly whistle. But it's but. a yeah, the but in it. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: it is.
0: All right, Kaylee. Digressions. Aside.
6: Hey, did my alignment move from evil over to good? Or what's is is good up? and then down, and then is it lawful, chaotic? Like, what's what kind of a grade am I working with here?
0: I'm randomly shifting this around. I'll put you okay. in the middle as the speaker. You'll be true neutral. Oh, no.
6: True neutral? Shit. I want a new alignment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I tend to lean more chaotic, just saying. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Alright, where
0: was I? I'm pretty sure you're lawful evil because you're Capricorn. <laughs> I
7: don't think there's any way to uh, argue against that point. That's pretty much like one point in Chance's column and we have to move on oh. to the next part. Of the
0: Wait, you're Taurus, aren't you? Uh, and Taurus, moved By that the evil Taurus. laughter. <laughs>
6: you guys, I'm applying for the evil league of evil.
0: We call it the
7: Kaylee Cackle. Yeah, I noticed it very much in the uh, astrology episode.
6: <laughs> yeah, okay. Play plus I'm nervous because I'm on camera so I'm like extra laughy. It just You're yeah. not, we're here with you. Yeah, I know, thanks guys. <laughs> alright, alright. Okay, where was I? Mm, okay, it may appear for instance in the form of a dream. As a general rule, the unconscious aspect of any event is revealed to us in dreams, where it appears not as a rational thought but as a symbolic image. I don't know, have you guys been dreaming about cat holes lately? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) As a matter of history, it was the study of dreams that first enabled psychologists to investigate the unconscious aspect of conscious psychic events. It is on such evidence that psychologists assume the existence of an unconscious psyche, though many scientists and philosophers deny its existence. They argue naively that such an assumption implies the existence of two subjects, or to put it in a common phrase, two personalities within the same individual. But this is exactly what it's not imply quite correctly. And it is one of the curses of modern man that many people suffer from this divided personality. It is by no means a pathological symptom. It is a normal fact that can be observed at any time and everywhere. It is not merely the neurotic whose right hand does not know what the left hand is doing. This predicament is a symptom of a general unconsciousness that is, undeniable, or that, that is the undeniable common inheritance of all mankind. Man has developed consciousness slowly and laboriously in a process that took untold ages to reach the civilized state, which is arbitrarily dated from the invention of script in about 4,000 B.C., And this evolution is far from complete, for large areas of the human mind are still shrouded in darkness, what we call the psyches by no means identical with our consciousness and its contents. Whoever denies the existence of the unconscious is in fact assuming that our present knowledge of the psyche is total. And this belief is clearly just as false as the assumption that we know all there is to be known about the natural universe. Our psyche is part of nature, and its enigma is limitless. Thus, we cannot define either the psyche nor nature. We can merely state what we believe them to be and describe as best we can how they function. Quite apart, therefore, from the evidence that medical research has accumulated, there are strong grounds for lo- of logic for rejecting statements like there is no unconscious. Those who say such things merely express an age-old... Oh, boy. Miz- mizaniism, mizani-ism? M-I-S-O-N-E-I-S-I-M. I -I -I I don't know. A fear of the new and the unknown. (laughs) There are historical reasons for this resistance to the idea of an unknown part of the human psyche. Consciousness is a very recent acquisition of nature, and it is still still in an experimental state. It is frail, menaced by specific dangers, and easily injured. As anthropologists have noted, one of the most common mental derangements that occur among primitive people is that they call the loss, is what they call the loss of a soul, which means, as the name indicates, a noticeable disruption or more technically a dissociation of consciousness. Among such people, whose consciousness is at a different level of development from ours, you agree with that or not, I don't know, the soul or psyche is not felt to be a unit. Many primitives assume that a man has a bush soul as well as his own and that this bush soul is incarnate in a wild animal or a tree with which the human individual has some kind of psychic identity. This is what the distinguished Fre- French ethnologist Lucien Levy bruel called a mystical participation. He later retracted this term under pressure of adverse criticism, but I believe that his critics were wrong. It is a well-known psychological fact that any individual may have such an unconscious identity with some other person or object. This identity takes a variety of forms among primitives. If the bush soul is that of an animal He's talking about animal spirits, isn't he? Um, The animal itself is considered as some sort of brother to the man. A man whose brother is a crocodile, for instance, is supposed to be safe when swimming in a crocodile-infested river. If the bush soul is a tree, the tree is presumed to have something like parental authority over the individual concerned. In both cases, an injury to the bush soul is interpreted as an injury to the man. In some tribes, it is assumed that a man has a number of souls. This belief (laughs) expresses the feeling ...of some primitive individuals that they each consist of several linked but distinct units. This means that the individual psyche is far from being safely synthesized. On the contrary, it threatens to fragment only too easily under the onslaught of unchecked emotions. While this situation is familiar to us from the studies of anthropologists, it is not so irrelevant to our own advanced civilization as it might seem. We too can become dissociated and lose our identity... We can be possessed and altered by moods, or become unreasonable and unable to recall important facts about ourselves or others, so that people ask, what the devil has gotten into you? We talk about being able to control ourselves, but self-control is rare and rem- is a rare and remarkable virtue. We may think we have ourselves under control, yet a friend can e- easily tell us things about ourselves of which we have no knowledge. Beyond doubt, even in what we call a high level of civilization, human consciousness Human consciousness has not yet achieved a reasonable degree of continuity. It is still vulnerable and liable to fragmentation. This capacity to isolate part of one's mind indeed is a valuable characteristic. It enables us to concentrate upon one thing at a time, excluding everything else that may claim our attention but there is a world of difference between a conscious decision to split off and temporarily suppress a part of one's psyche and a condition in which this happens spontaneously without one's knowledge or consent and even against one's intention. The former is a civilized achievement, the latter a primitive loss of a soul, or even the pathological cause of a neurosis. Thus, even in our day... The unity of consciousness is still a doubtful affair. It can too easily be disrupted. An ability to control one's emotions that may be very desirable from one point of view would be a questionable accomplishment from another, for it would deprive social intercourse of variety, color, and warmth. It it is against this background that we must view the importance of dreams, those flimsy, evasive, unreliable, vague, (laughs) and uncertain fantasies To explain my point of view, I would like to describe how it developed over a period of years and how I was led to conclude that dreams are the most frequent and universally accessible
1: source for the investigation of man's symbolizing faculty.